Hello and welcome to the Crying Burns Calories podcast. I'm your host, Katie Saltzman, personal trainer, nutrition coach, entrepreneur, creator, and expert in teaching women how to take back control of their health, their mindset, and their happiness. Most of you know me as a nutrition coach, but this podcast and this platform is going to be so much more. This is a place where I want to be able to talk about it all. Yes, of course, health and fitness, but also relationships, social media, adulting, hormones, just life. I want this podcast to cover all the ups and downs, and I want you to know that you're not alone. Ultimately, I'm here to give you the confidence to break through what's holding you back, to embrace who you fully are and show up authentically in life. Because life is messy. It's not perfect and it's not meant to be. So grab your wine, a drink, or if you're like me, that chocolate or that ice cream, because it's time to take our stories and the things we go through and make them our superpower. It's time to laugh, cry, learn, and understand that we are all in this together. So let's dive in. I am here with my friend, Kaylee McDevitt. She is an RD, an amazing human. She's hosting a women's retreat later this year, which we're going to dive into. I can't wait to talk about that. But she specializes with women's health, with metabolic issues, with gut health issues. And I cannot wait to dive into all of this on the episode. So Kaylee, thank you so much for being here. Introduce yourself. Tell everyone who you are. Thanks so much for having me, Katie. I've been so excited to chat with you on here. And yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm a women's health dietitian. So I run a virtual private practice and my team and I work one-on-one with women all over the US and help them overcome often really long-standing hormone and digestive issues. And it's really fun work. It's not work that I ever planned to get into. I thought I was going to be like in the sports nutrition space, helping athletes or weekend warriors. And then through like a kind of a long and unpleasant hormone health journey of my own, I just realized how many people needed this info and how much women are underrepresented in nutrition research and the field in general, and then just did a hard pivot into women's health and really haven't looked back and love being in the space and serving the people we get to, and then connecting with people like you doing amazing work along the way. Yes. Oh my gosh. There's so many like points that from what you just said that I want to touch on. (laughs) Let's start a little bit with your story. Isn't it funny as coaches, how like we start a certain way, like my Mm -hmm. journey started very much like macros, surface level, only weight loss focus. Mm -hmm. And then we go through so much in our journey and it completely shifts who we want to help and how we want to show up. So what was your story sort of with hormone health? It sounds like. Yeah. Similar to you, you know, or it sounds like similar to you. I grew up being an athlete always and I was interested in the way nutrition affected performance. I had like a superstitious smoothie I would make before volleyball games and, and things like that. And like all I super lo- food. all yeah. super food. Yes, super foods. <laughs> in in reality, it probably was not great, but I felt a difference from it. And then I was just fascinated by that. And I loved like the type A side of my personality, loved how meticulous I could be with nutrition in school. And I was like, you know, yeah. checking all the boxes on the exercise and the calorie front. And I was like, this is great. I'm going to help people do this too. And at the end of my schooling to become a dietitian, I was actually at like the worst health I had ever been. I didn't feel like myself at all. Hormonal birth control is part of this whole story too. And it just, um, 
had a lot of symptoms from it. I brought up a lot of my concerns with various doctors. I tried a lot of different forms and really nothing was doing it for me. And I realized that despite like, I think seven total years of schooling in the health space, I knew nothing about women's health and the menstrual cycle and hormones. And I was like, oh my God, here I am like a newly credentialed health professional. Can't help myself with what I was taught. How am I supposed to be helping other people? So it ended up turning into like a deep dive into women's health and like the physiology of our hormones and learning about how our body works and how what I was doing with food and exercise was a complete mismatch to the way that my body was designed and why I didn't feel well. So I had to do a lot of like unlearning and peeling back the layers of what I thought it meant to be healthy and learning how to actually be on the same team as my body. And I was starting, or I started a blog through this process because in the jobs that I was working, I really didn't get to talk about this stuff and I just needed an outlet. And through that blog, I realized how many other people were dealing with the same stuff and were hungry for that kind of info. And there weren't many people talking about this kind of stuff at that time. So that blog eventually turned into a private practice because there was such a need and that big career pivot. So in in general, it was like a journey back to feeling like myself and aligning food and exercise in a way that actually really supported me and wasn't used to manipulate my physical body. Yeah. Cause that's all we think of it as, is a use to manipulate our physical body. And very similar to you. It was that like, for me, when I was at my leanest from the outside looking in, Mm -hmm. people would have thought, oh my gosh, like she looks great. She's so fit. She's in shape. I was losing my hair. I lost my cycle. I was the most stressed point in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And also you don't feel good. Like take away the physical mentally and emotionally. Oh you're not gosh. well at all. Not well. Um, yeah. It was the same picture as me externally. And like all the general markers of health, like I was running marathons at the time and doing all this crazy stuff and thought I was the vision of health, but I was losing my hair. I was having such intense heart palpitations that I actually went to a cardiologist thinking that I was having a heart attack and had like a full cardiology workup because my anxiety was so out of control. It was like hot mess. The stress. Why do you think it causes so much stress and anxiety issues? Yeah. I mean, I think your body is literally in a state of panic if it is so undernourished all the time. And we have not only like a lack of nourishment from food, but generally our like thoughts and beliefs and self-talk at the time is so negative and stressful too that we're just in a state of panic, you know, we're in an alarm state. And I think the female body is especially sensitive to stress inputs um, for good reason. And I'm sure we'll talk about that today. And, you know, my body was just trying to do everything it could to tell me what I was doing was not supportive and wasn't going to be helpful long-term. So those symptoms were just communication. I don't know if you can relate to this with your clients, but I know for a lot of women that I work with, I work with women mainly in their thirties and forties now where, you know, I used to work with a lot of women in their twenties, especially when I was in my twenties, but it's hard because we're comparing ourselves to what our 20 year old body used to be able to handle. We're comparing ourselves to, you know, maybe when we first started dieting or when we could over-exercise when our hormones were at their you know, prime and we hadn't had a lot of stress or trauma on the body. And then as we go on, we're constantly comparing ourselves to that person. Well, that worked for her and this diet worked for her. And maybe it was a calorie in calorie out option at that point, but it no longer is. And do you find that really hard to explain to women? Oh yes, for sure. And we work with similar like client population age range, and even just that experience of 
comparing ourselves to who we used to be. And I even remember feeling that myself when I was making major changes to particularly exercise, because I would think about a version of myself that was like hyper disciplined. And I would be getting up with very minimal sleep to hit like a 5am run or workout, like no matter what. And when I realized that sacrificing sleep for the sake of my training was actually moving me away from health, not toward it, I felt like a loss of identity for a little bit where I was like, oh my gosh, like, do, do I have no willpower or motivation anymore? Like, what is this? <laughs> so I think there's that too, where it's like, that has become so much our identity that when we move away from it, we're like, wait, who am I? If I'm not just a big bag of cortisol all the time. Yes. Yeah. We're, we come from such a, like, no, no days off, push your body, yes. like mentality that when you stop that, you feel like almost lazy. Mm-hmm which is crazy to think about like, okay, so going from lifting four days or seven days a week to four days a week and doing less cardio and more walks in the sunshine, all of a sudden we feel like less worthy. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot in that that can be unpacked. <laughs> yeah, there, there is absolutely a lot. One thing I that you said in the beginning that really caught my eye, and I'm not even sure if I really spoke about it on this podcast, is a lot of the nutrition research out there is focused mm-hmm. mainly on males and not yeah. females. And it's the least helpful thing to females because we are trying all of these things that, yes, there are studies out there, but they're done primarily on males. And we have a very different hormonal makeup. Yes. Yeah. And that is a huge thing to be aware of too, when you're seeing whatever trendy diet comes onto the scene next is where's this coming from? And if there is data to back it, who was it studied on? Because we're not all the same. And the reason why they very often, if ever use menstruating females in nutrition research is because we have so many variables, you know, we have a completely different hormone environment every two weeks and men, it's like the same day in and day out. And those hormones affect affect metabolism. They affect what types of fuel you burn. We're completely different. Oh my gosh. Yes. It changes so much. So I get from the standpoint of the researchers, why we're trying to minimize variables, but we can't ignore the fact that we have those variables and try to force ourselves into this nice little box of unchanging hormones, because we're not going to have the same outcome. And our body definitely responds differently to that kind of stress. So it'd be cool if we could start seeing some research on cycling females, but it would be amazing. (laughs) But that's why we have information like this out there, us doing podcasts to really speak to it because we need to be able to relate to this. Like this Mm -hmm. is truly what we're going through. And when you go on social media, yes, you will have like research and scientific data, or even like just visuals. We have these people that we almost like worship on social media of how fit they look in their body and understanding that what's going on internally could be completely different than what you see externally. Mm-hmm. A very high chance of that. <laughs> yeah. A very 99% chance of that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. You and I both lived that. So can yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So let's dive a little bit into metabolism with women. And we, I know before we got in this, we spoke a little bit about thyroid health as well. Mm-hmm. And I sort of want you to, I guess, sort of explain where, where like the downfall of our metabolism is when it comes to our hormones. Like we yeah. start seeing it come off the tracks as we start to add all these stressors onto our body. Mm-hmm. Can you sort of explain that a little bit? Sure. And just to backtrack, so we're all on the same page, when we say metabolism, we're really meaning like energy production, the way we turn yes. food into energy and metabolism has nothing to do with weight loss. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It does it's, a lot it's, of other things. <laughs> it's funny that we like, and I even came from this mindset way back in the day is I thought that 
losing weight would increase your metabolism. Mm-hmm. And that's actually couldn't be further from the truth. Right. I know yeah. metabolism doesn't get the the credit that it deserves because it's so much more than ability to lose weight. It, it is your life force. When we think about like the vision of health and somebody that is just like vibrant and energetic and ages gracefully and can do the things they want to do with their day, that's because of a strong metabolism, their ability to create energy at the cellular level. And that's very much related to thyroid function because your thyroid sets the pace of your metabolism. So you might see some interchangeable talk about thyroid and metabolism because they're very, very much related. And, and, you know, you mentioned with your clients too, seeing women in their thirties and forties and them looking back on their twenties and being like, well, why did that work then? And it's no longer working now. Like what's different. And a lot of that comes down to your metabolism and how sensitive the female physiology to compounding stress. And we've got stress from a bajillion sources, especially in the world we're living in today. It feels like those hits just keep coming. And <laughs> just don't um, turn on any screens. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. That's a serious part of this whole metabolism support is we've got to get away from the news. But if we've been dieting, like under eating, whether it was intentional or not, if we've been lacking key nutrients, whether it was intentional or not, if we've been overtraining intentional or not, that's compounded stress over decades at this point. And one of the best things that your body does is it's always looking out for you and it wants to make sure that you stay safe. So if we've seen all this stress and all this trauma and all this lack from what we're putting in, eventually our body's going to say, we should probably slow down the rate at which we're burning through fuel because we got to make sure she survives this situation of famine. So we're going to see metabolism downshifting as a result of too much exercise, lack of food, or lots of compounded stress or trauma. And it's a defense mechanism. And if you think about how we normally respond to that, like, let me diet harder, or let me exercise harder, or let me be pissed at my body for not responding the way it did when I was 21. We're really just adding insult to injury. This was a body that didn't feel safe and is looking out for you by slowing things down. And if we don't take a moment to listen and course correct, we're just going to create a really vicious cycle that we won't get out of until we learn that lesson. Yeah. One way I describe it is like our body has trust issues with us Yes, and we keep breaking trust, you know, and, and also looking at that from like, if we're wanting to sort of shift our metabolism in the opposite way, trust isn't built overnight. Mm -mm. You know, we try and do something and it's like, this takes patience. We want to be really good for a week, for two weeks. And then we're easily going back to what we used to do when we don't see the results we want to see. But if we're breaking trust, like imagine a person breaking your trust over and over and over and over again, for how many years it takes time to build that back up. you got to build this solid foundation. Yes. And that's completely at odds with the way like the diet and weight loss industry markets solutions to that problem. It's like, everything's fast, 20 pounds in two weeks, something overnight. And I think we've just been so conditioned to expect things to be fast. Mm -hmm. And it's those fast, quick fix things that really landed us where we are. So if we want a different outcome, we have to be open to doing things differently. And it is a slower process. It's, it is an overall a slowing down and like returning to yourself and ability to listen. And um, we describe it with our clients all the time as just getting on the same team as your body for probably the first time, you know? Yeah. Our goals and our body have been at odds for so long. And now we have an opportunity to team up and man, is that powerful. (laughs) 
It is. It's like the most amazing, it's the most amazing place to be, but it's also the hardest place to accept Mm -hmm. when we're wired for instant gratification. You know, trying to explain to women that, look, we have to take stressors off of your body, which means you, you've been eating 1100 calories, or maybe you've been restricting and binging. We need to increase your calories. Mm -hmm. We actually need to decrease the amount of exercise you're doing. You need to get more sleep. It's all of these things that are adding back to your body, but in our head, that doesn't equate to the quick results that we want because yeah. we're so discouraged after a lifetime of dieting, what feels like a lifetime of dieting. We're so yeah. discouraged. We're so defeated that we will do anything to change our body, mm-hmm. except the long-term, except what it actually needs. Yeah. And it's created like a full-on epidemic of yeah. sluggish metabolisms, like at least from my vantage point and the women that we serve as clients, almost a hundred percent of the women that come into our practice have some work to do in the thyroid and metabolism space. And when we go through people's family history, I almost never hear somebody not say that multiple women in their family are on thyroid meds. It's always like my mom, my sister, my aunt, and I do all the consultations for our prospective new clients. So I'm talking to lots of women week in and week out, and it is the same thing over and over again. And it's like multi-generational metabolism issues at this point. And, you know, we're in women's health. So we work a lot with fertility and infertility and PCOS and that kind of stuff. And we can't have a metabolism problem and not also have a hormone problem mm-hmm. because it takes energy to make hormones. So if we've got a metabolism issue, we also do have issues making hormones. And that's usually the hormone issues that bring somebody to us. And then we peel back the layers and realize it's just it's a metabolism thing. So over the years, things have gotten so simplified with our process, with our clients. And we start with working on the metabolism every time because we all need some TLC there, especially with all the stress present in our world today. So where, where do you start? Is there like a general area where you start? with? Yeah. So we're going to make sure first and foremost that we're eating enough. And this is the case for every person because hard. <laughs> I know it's hard. It's hard. And it's often completely accidental. So there's some women that we serve that have been actively dieting and, and know they've been under eating, but even a bigger percentage thinks that they're adequately nourished, but just hasn't checked in on this. Or maybe our metrics to gauge adequate nourishment are just a little skewed from diet marketing that we've seen throughout our lives or what we've witnessed from mom, friends, sisters. So we start with what are we eating now? How far away are we from estimated needs for this person? Because if we are working on healing the thyroid and metabolism, hormones and fertility, we have to be eating enough. The body will not heal if it is not feeling safe. Yeah. And food is our biggest ability to create a feeling of safety in the body. Um, So we start there. There's a lot of other layers to creating safety and exercise as part of that and sleep and um, like mental, emotional, spiritual well-being, and all of that. But we start with the food, being dietitians, of course, um, because if we miss that, if we skip that step, we're going to be spinning our wheels later if we haven't made sure that that's not missed. But it's also giving you the energy and the ability to be able to do some of these other things, right? Yeah, and you can't ask somebody to you know spend time meditating and journaling and getting out in the sun and preparing nourishing. And they're meals. hungry, <laughs> right? When you're hungry. You can't be doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. I won't be doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. What now I find the conversation that's really hard with women is explaining that you're not getting enough. Like this is where your body technically should be. And this is where you're at right now. And it's bridging the gap. We can't take them from A to Z, right? Yeah. But understanding that weight loss is not your priority right now and probably won't happen right now. Yep. 
Yep. And we have that conversation too. So when we work with a client, it's a four month program. And sometimes there are body composition goals in the mix, but we let them know that we will not be working on weight loss goals right out of the gates until we have your metabolism in a good spot. Hormones are in a good spot. You have to earn the right for fat loss. That's metabolically responsible. It's it's totally valid to have that goal and we can get there, but it's not where we start because usually it's working on that goal that got somebody in the hormone situation yeah. that they're in. So we got to yeah. spend some time working on you and building you up first. So it's not a never, but it's usually a good three to four months down the road. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you, yours is four months. My minimum is three months, yeah. which in this industry is a long time, mm-hmm. you know, cause we're so used to the 20 days, the 30 days. And I think women are like, well, can I do month to month? And especially working with the women that we work with that are just wired for those instant results, that would yes. be the least beneficial thing for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And the, and the women we serve are like the go-getters and the doers and like, yeah. they're not seeing, or they're not getting lack of results because of lack of effort. Like they're doing all the things. In fact, usually doing too much and we got to do less and it takes time to do that, to calm down Mm -hmm. from that. Do you recommend women getting their hormones and thyroids tested? Like, is that a good place to start? Or is there, do you say like, we can start without that? Yeah. There's certainly stuff that can be done without that info. No doubt working on just eating enough, working Mm -hmm. on minerals is another big part of this restoring the metabolism from seasons of chronic stress and trauma, but it is really nice to have baseline lab markers too. And I think sometimes we have to see it on paper to really understand the way that the way we're feeding ourselves and moving is not a match for our physiology. And I know that was part of my own like realization that my diet and exercise was not a fit was I ran some labs on myself, expecting them to be this like gold star report. And it was like the worst set of labs I had ever seen. It was like, what the hell? I was like, five stars. Can't wait for this gem to come back. (laughs) I was like, I'm the vision of health. This is going to be great. And it was not that. So I love lab work because I think sometimes we need to see it. And having baseline labs is great for seeing progress over time and assessing the effectiveness of our intervention. So we do generally start with thyroid labs. I don't usually check people's hormones right out of the gates because the way we view hormones are like the tip of this big iceberg and hormones are affected by everything else. They don't lead the charge. So usually we won't spend money on hormone testing first. We'll work on other stuff. And if we need to see hormones specifically later, we'll look at that. But thyroid labs are great annually. We want to keep an eye on that. Yeah. So you said just maybe a couple of minutes ago about mineral deficiency. Oh, yes. I want to chat about that. I'm like so curious because I've never chatted about that on the podcast. So let's dive into that. Yes. Oh my gosh. So minerals are the like intermediate steps for energy production in the body. So if we're talking about metabolism, your mineral status is intertwined in that big time. So if we're lacking minerals, we can't make energy. We can't get stuff in and out of the cell. We can't use thyroid hormone. And I got really obsessed with minerals a couple of years ago because I was trying to answer some or solve some mysteries for clients where I'm like, why did these three people get immediately better and stay better where these three people got, you know, transiently better. And then were slipped right back to where they were. And I couldn't figure out what the difference was from person to person yeah. and realized how foundational minerals were for digestion, hormone production, energy. And mm-hmm. I was like, also they're depleted heavily and rapidly through periods of stress. So we can't expect somebody to get better and stay better if they're really depleted in minerals. And 
unfortunately, our soil is pretty depleted today versus even 50 or 100 years ago. So we have to be really intentional about what we're adding to our diet to get enough minerals. So um, calcium, magnesium, sodium, and potassium are largely what I'm talking about here, the foundational four. So we assess mineral status for 100% of our clients because it affects metabolism so much and it will affect their ability to stay well at the end of what we do. And the fun thing about minerals is that um, it's a very inexpensive test, which is great because in the functional space, everything's like hundreds of dollars. So it's nice to have something that's not. I want to take this test. I've never had a mineral test. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We'll talk about that after this, but I'll mail you one. (laughs) And correcting minerals is fun because we're literally just adding stuff to your diet. Like we're using good quality salt and more of it. We're adding back fruit and root vegetables because they're, they were our source of potassium that got yanked out of there with a lot of the low carb paleo type stuff. Mm-hmm. We're adding like mineral mocktails and adrenal cocktails and like fun things back in, um, that make a very fast impact in people's energy production and yeah. digestion. So it's fun work to do minerals. I didn't even really realize that as much about minerals until I started healing my gut. And one of the biggest things that she started to add in was minerals for me. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then obviously adding in magnesium at night has just been an absolute game changer for me. Yeah. Everybody needs a good douse of magnesium. Everybody (laughs) needs a good douse of magnesium. Absolutely. Um, so what would you say, like, where would you suggest women go? Because I know that like, let's say we're dealing with the high stress, like go, go, go woman who doesn't have a lot of time feels like she doesn't have a lot of give because that's sort of the pushback that I get is I'm busy. I'm stressed. I don't know where to start. I struggle with anxiety, but I have work. I have responsibilities. I have all of these things. So I don't know what you sort of expect me to do. Not that I work with women with attitudes. I'm making it sound like that, but that's, that's very much the scenario. That's realistic, right? We have Mm -hmm. so many responsibilities. We're saying yes to everything. We feel like we don't even know where to start, which is why we go to the quick fixes because it seems quick, easy, fun. And this Mm -hmm. seems like, Hey, we need to make actual lifestyle changes, which doesn't seem as doable. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you brought this up because it's hard when you're in the thick of it to even envision how you would create space to do it different. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we do start with just the creating space piece. Sometimes we even have to table the nutrition aspect for a little bit until we can get five to 10 minutes in our client's day. That's just for them. Like, even if this is in the car before or after work of just like, breathing of being of sitting in silence or listening to music. And then we can expand from there. And maybe it's like a guided meditation or a journal or just something that's for them. Because I think particularly for women, like we give, give, give to everyone and everything around us. And before you know it, it's been decades since you've done something that brought you joy Mm -hmm. or for fun, like had no specific outcome. So we might start there with, can we give you 10 minutes a day for you? I have no expectations for how you spend that time. I just want it to be yours. And like the shoulders kind of come down a little bit from that. And like the breathing thins a little bit. And then can we add in like a really fun adrenal cocktail for you? Can you sip that during your 10 minutes? And when we start getting those minerals in, we now build our resiliency to stress and find we've got some gas in the tank at the end of the day. So we do not have to start with grand gestures. We start really simple and We've just found that that like nervous system regulation has to come before everything else because changing your life is stressful too. You know, (laughs) even if it's good stuff, we can't come in there guns blazing and expect it to be possible. 
Yeah. You set too many expectations for that. Mm -hmm. And I think we even unintentionally give our energy to people. Like when we're having time for ourselves, it's spent on social media, taking in energy from other people, comparing ourselves, negative thoughts, toxic things. We spend, we're on our phone till we go to bed. The second we wake up in the morning, we pick up our phone, we start scrolling again. And our energy is just continues to go and go and go, which creates more, it creates a lot of mental stress too. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. The social media scrolling does not count for you time. (laughs) I know that's outward energy is going out. We got to bring that back in. The energy is going, it is being sucked out of you. And that's, that's one thing that I'll start with women. It's like, okay, 15 minutes before you go to bed and 15 minutes before you wake up, you don't pick up your phone. Yeah. And they're like, but, but it's my alarm, this and that it's like, okay, turn your alarm off. Or get it like I've actually switched to an alarm clock. I no longer keep my phone in my room. That's been the biggest game changer because I had, I truly had a scrolling addiction Mm -hmm. and it's like not keeping my phone in my room is a game changer. Oh my gosh. Same. No phone in my room. And my husband and I set some resolutions this year about the phones stay like they're in our bathroom. They're not in our bedroom and they stay there for the first hour and the last hour of the day. Because if you immediately start giving energy to everything else, like you get steamrolled by the rest of the day. And that morning and evening time is like precious. (laughs) It is. It's your superpower. Mm -hmm. And so I explain it and we're just, we're giving it away to everybody else. And that's like, there are times, there are things that we can do. We have time in our day but it's just making that efficient to where we can actually, just like you said, bring down that nervous system. Like I even suggest going for a walk. And of course, sometimes we like music. Sometimes we like a podcast, but like, what if we were just being with ourselves Mm -hmm. with our thoughts, with our stillness? I didn't realize how much I actually didn't know myself. I didn't spend any time with myself. Mm -hmm. I was always distracted with something. Yeah. And we're trained to always be occupied. Like I, I know that I'm working on the art of being bored because I fill all available time with scrolling, with creating, with, you know, sometimes it's productive stuff, but you need just, just chill time with yourself. And I'm so glad you mentioned that, like being with you and getting to know you and who you are, if you're not always doing, and that can be really intimidating and kind of uncomfortable, but yeah, there's no better way to get to know yourself than move to a city where you know, nobody. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yep. (laughs) You really get to know yourself. Yes. Um, Oh my gosh. So I want to start to shift to giving back to women and sort of empowering women, because this is really what you do. It's, I mean, it's really the basis of both of our businesses is teaching women how to take back control of their health. But I think a huge aspect of that is connection that we're missing. We're missing the value of connection and community, which I think is why it's so cool what you've put together. So I want you to tell everybody about your retreat in October and why you did this. Sure. Yeah. So it's called Restore and Reconnect. And this has been on my mind for a while. So just working in an online space and getting to connect with so many women virtually has been incredible. But particularly after the last three years we've had, like the disconnect from each other and ourselves, which we hit on that too, has been next level. And if you look at the research on community, there's a deep and direct correlation between optimal health and connection to community, especially for women. And I just had this vision of creating a space, like creating some sacred ground for us to come together and like get that nervous system exhale and to be able to leave life responsibilities outside. And then once you come in, like we've got you, 
We're going to not only teach you the health stuff, because of course we're going to get into the nitty gritty. There's like some conference elements here, but we're going to actually do the stuff too. Like we're going to have restorative movement and breath work, and we're going to learn like hands-on how to do self lymphatic drainage and how to use tapping to regulate your nervous system. We're going to have some really nourishing meals and time to just play and connect and form a community of women on this mission to take back control over their health. And it like brings me to tears that it's actually happening because it just, it just has been so needed and, and to create a space that's open to everybody. It's not just a practitioner event, which is typically the case. It's literally like any woman that feels like they need a good exhale for their nervous system and a chance to just reconnect to themselves and each other. So I like that an exhale for their nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love the idea that so many women reach out to me when I'm on these masterminds and these events and they see me learning about business. So it's sort of that, you know, conference feel, but then we're also doing the breath work, the connection, Mm -hmm. like these like deep, amazing things for ourselves, for our nervous system, things that are nourishing. And I've had so many women say, I wish that there was that for people that aren't in business, for women that aren't entrepreneurs. And that's really what you've created is this is for anybody and everybody Mm -hmm. to be able to come just find sort of themselves again. Yeah, I know. And I I had the same conversations with clients over the years, wishing that there was the ability to do something like that, even if you didn't own a business, even if you weren't a practitioner. And it's going to be really fun to create that space because you know from attending stuff like that, the energy that you get from like being in a group of women and learning new stuff and embodying what you're learning, Mm -hmm. um, that energy is like nothing else. It's next level. It is. Gosh, and you leave like so fired up and then that ripples out to the other people in your life, even the ones that weren't there, but you show up different and then that enables other people to show up different too. So I'm just so excited to get to let people experience that energy and for two whole days. I mean, it's going to be so fun and it should be beautiful here in October. Hopefully we're getting the hot weather out of the way right now. (laughs) I mean, I feel like October would be a good time in Texas to have it. Yeah. It's about the only good time. (laughs) Yeah. I I'm so excited about it. There's not one I'm speaking at the event, which Mm -hmm. I can't freaking wait. I heard about this event at a, a woman that was in a mastermind I was with. And I was like, I need to connect with her. I need to be a part of this because I just thought it was so amazing. And it aligned with, with what I believe so much. Tell everyone where they can buy tickets, like where they can find this at. Yeah. So the easiest way would actually be to find me on Instagram and I have the link for it in my bio and I'll email it to you so you can put it under the show notes here. Yeah. Everything will be under the show notes. On Instagram, it's at Kaylee RD. It's K-A-E-L-Y R-D. So my name is spelled very weird. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And there's a full website explaining all the details of the event, the incredible speaker lineup, including Katie. And I knew from the first time we hopped on Zoom, I was like, yep, that is the energy we need. (laughs) (laughs) We just have very similar missions. And it was important to me to bring not only like the technical knowledge to this, but like the, like, I don't even know how to say it. Just like the energy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I told Kaylee, I was like, look, what's going to connect me is not like science. What's going to connect mm-hmm. me is a story and just like yes. relating to women. And, and but it's good to have a balance of both. Like we yeah. need to learn about our bodies, but then also we need to have like a story to be able to relate and connect to. Yes. So thank you so much for being a part of it. And for anybody listening, like it sounds like our audiences and client base are so similar. Like this was made for you because I know it's so needed and it's going to be so fun. We're going to take such good care of you and yes. I would love to have you there. 
We're going to, it's going to be the best time. I can't wait. Well, tell, I'll have all your info in the show notes, but tell like everybody that's listening where one, they can find you on Instagram, your website, but tell them about a little bit about your programs. Sure. Yep. So um, at Kaylee RD on Instagram, and then my website is just KayleeRD.com too. And you'll find you know, the typical education that we like to do on Instagram. You'll find info about Restore and Reconnect. And then primarily we work one-on-one with women for those four-month programs to help really like dig into what's been causing longstanding hormone issues. So we do some testing. It's a really high touch experience. It's very fun, like investigative work or like detectives is the way that my team and I think that we are. I love Um, it. (laughs) And then in addition to that, we do also teach practitioners how to do this kind of work too. So I do run a training for other dietitians and non-dietitians that are in private practice that want to learn how to use lab testing to improve their ability to help their clients. So we do stuff for clients and practitioners too. And you'll find all of that on Instagram and on the website. Amazing. Well, I can't wait for everybody that's listening to connect with you and also to be there in October. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Take care. If you vibe with this episode, I would love to hear from you. You know, at crying burns calories, we are all about community and connection and just changing the conversation about life for women. So if this episode was helpful for you, I would love if you could tag me, share it on your Instagram stories so I can thank you and also so we can just continue to get the message out and growing this amazing community.